Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. A young professional returns home from a weekend getaway. She attends work like normal and nothing is out of the ordinary. When she heads home at the end of the day, she speaks to several of her loved ones and she ends the night with a call to her boyfriend, which would later be the last known contact anyone would have with her. What happened? Where did she go? What happened to the investigation? And where is it now? Tonight, we give Jennifer Kessie the last word. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. This is Shannon Labrie and Megan. And you are listening to Human Trafficking True Crime presented by Last Word. We are the one and only podcast that is telling the truth about human trafficking. And we aim to give the victims and survivors the last word. If you like what you hear and you want to help support the show, you guys can do so through a few ways. You can buy some merch at lastwordbysl.com. You can rate and review our podcast however you are listening on whatever platform, or you can just hit that follow button on the social channels, Instagram and Facebook. So to do a quick little recap of last week's case, we talked about Jennifer Kessie, from Orlando, Florida, who went missing in 2006 on January 23rd. She had just come back from a weekend-long trip with her boyfriend, Rob. She went straight to work from his house, goes home to her apartment after talking to several loved ones, and then never returns to work the following morning, at which point the troops are rallied in and they start investigating what happened to Jennifer. Her apartments were being converted into condos at the time, and it was a big construction zone with a lot of undocumented workers and people in and out doing things construction-y related to the complex. And there's a very interesting person of interest, luckiest POI ever video of someone driving Jennifer Kessie's car into the Huntington Green complex, which was about a mile down from her apartment. This person drives the car in, whether they must have wiped it down because we never got fingerprints. They walk out and then the video records them every, there's still shots every so often. And the person just so happens to be in front of a wrought iron fence. And we have no facial none no facial like description recognition whatever you want to call it like we we don't know we don't even know if this person is a man or a woman so i think that's a pretty good recap of where we are the family um has her legally declared dead in 2016 and they end up taking over Jennifer's case from the Orlando Police Department. And they basically start doing their own research. And that's kind of where the family is now. They've had her case now for her case file now for a couple, three years or so. Um, I would imagine the amount of work that is in front of them is a lot. I mean, you're going but through a lot. they're making headway. They are making headway. So it's, it's going somewhere. But unfortunately, we, we don't have any new solid leads that have come out since her family has. Let me, let me rephrase that. We don't have any new public leads or information that her family may have found out. I would imagine at this point they have found information out that they're not sharing, which I wouldn't want to share either so 
that's kind of where we're at now. So the family is has different theories on her case. Um, and if you didn't listen to our first episode, I would go back and listen to that and then catch up here. But we're going to basically start with the theories. Um, the, the number one theory is that she was taken by someone during this construction project, someone from the construction po- mm-hmm. project. Now, I use the term, I'm going to use the term for this. I titled this theory one, kidnapped by a coyote worker. And a coyote, if you don't know, is someone that is paid, whether that is through monetary value, possessions, sexual favors, whatever the coyote wants um, to use as deem of payment, Bitcoin, I don't know, whatever they do, they will smuggle, they're smugglers, they smuggle, um, well, I think the term coyote actually worker came from people that were actually smuggling other people, but they smuggle everything. Um, But in this term, in this case, we're using the term coyote worker as someone that is paid to get people across borders. So, what? Nothing. <laughs> I was just waiting. I was like, oh, okay. okay. Um, I think this could be a very plausible theory for a couple reasons. One, you have undocumented workers. Now, they obviously came from wherever. Whether that was Cuba, Mexico, I have no idea because you're on you're you're on a a state that's bordering water. Right. Surprising. Um <laughs> but they could have come from Cuba, Venezuela. I mean I, I don't know where these people came from, but they're already not legally allowed to work here, be here, what have you. Right. And as soon as someone started sniffing around Some of them disappeared. They all, yeah, a lot of them scattered. Um, But my reason with saying that someone that was in the construction crew or involved in the renovations of the condo could have easily been a coyote. They're trying to make extra money. They're smuggling people. Or the coyote theory that somebody in the construction phase paint worker whatever maybe they were brought over by a coyote and now have to pay that coyote and they don't have money they'll take form of payment in other ways okay I'm thus following. jennifer gets kidnapped i think the coyote the angle correct i think the coyote angle could go either way she was either kidnapped by a construction worker who needed just whatever crime of opportunity, they killed her or the construction worker was paying off a a debt to someone else, like another coyote. Right. Or they were their own coyote and, you know, smuggled her that way. I mean, it could go three ways, I guess. But my main thought with that is, is it's not implausible to think that, these people are coming over from other countries. The likelihood that they came over via a coyote is probably pretty high. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, if you can identify like, well, I don't even know how you would, that would be really hard to find out. But if the theory is, is if they said construction worker was brought over by a coyote and didn't have the monetary value or funds to pay that coyote, the coyote then tells them, Okay, fine. Get me a girl. I don't care. Like right. that's payment enough. Thus, exactly. they then target Jennifer and kidnap Jennifer. And now Jennifer would then become a victim of right. human trafficking. I I agree with that theory more than the other way around. Okay. That's I like because I don't I can't get why I'm like, okay, why then why did they take her? Why did they take her? Right. Who are they giving her to? What's the perp- What's the goal? What's the purpose? Why would the coyote just take her? Like target her out of right. everybody. I think that if it was a construction worker, they were paying off a debt. I, I, I like that theory. I think they were paying like off that. a debt to 
whatever for whatever reason. Um, it's plausible. Yeah. I mean, these coyote workers, um, and I should say I actually met a real life coyote, uh, Cherokee lady, I believe she was Cherokee, um, almost in her nineties sweetest lady and she worked with her church now and all of them are bad like I totally get that like that she was a good Christian woman that was just trying to get people a better life and Mm. I've said this a million times like these people that are coming from wherever they're coming from or leaving and escaping whatever situation they're in how bad how dire does that actually have to be for you to give your children or your loved ones Mm -hmm. to a coyote and pray and hope that they get to wherever they're going and nothing happens. And unfortunately that's, that's a big problem right now with what is going on with people trying to like leave their countries and go wherever is it's got to be so bad that that Mm -hmm. looks like the best option. Right. And it's not because you don't know who these people are. You don't know if they're actually going to be able to take your kid and get your kid or your loved one or whoever it may be across whatever border. And then you get to that border. Then what, how are they going to get it? You know what I mean? That's just, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. And I I can't imagine doing it like with a family, let alone, dividing up your family and giving your family to right. people to get them across like that has got to be one of the most horrific thing like you have to be leaving something pretty bad if you're yeah. gonna give your child or whoever <laughs> to someone and it's way more common than any of us like actually believe um, and these coyote workers that are not good people, they will take payment in the form of like cash, goods, sexual flavors, uh, favors, flavors, flavors <laughs> sexual favors, forced labor, organs, mm. and living, breathing people. Mm. So it is really, really sad. And that's, that's a fate that I do not wish. Right. Mm-hmm. It's. Yeah, it's it's definitely sad, but that, you know. But to go back to your point, too, it also would be very easy for them to learn her schedule if it is a construction worker. Exactly. Not There's to mention. There's not a lot of people living where she's living. It'd be very, I bet there's a lot of sights to her door, her comings and goings, what time she leaves in the morning, what time she gets home. When I'm thinking too, an apartment has like an open parking lot. Mm-hmm. Like it, she didn't have a garage. I, I mean, I would imagine they might have had garages at this apartment, but I don't think they were like right. attached to her unit. What her car looks like. Yeah. It's very, very right. opportunistic. Yeah. And we know that she had expressed a lot of concerns about just her safety in the complex with the, the, the workers and them hassling and whistling mm-hmm. and catcalling at her. Um, so yeah, I mean, as females, that's never, you know, a comfortable situation. It's definitely nope. even more uncomfortable when you're by yourself and you're just kind of like, uh, I'd move. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think for her it was, this is a temporary thing and right. she just bought this condo. So And she actually hadn't even been there very long. She'd only purchased it like a few months before. Right. So that's even, (sighs) even more sad. My goodness. Um, yeah. So I definitely think that as theory one, like it, yeah, could be one of the construction workers connected to the complex and they'd been watching Jennifer like mm-hmm. you said, they know when she is there, when she's not. Now she was gone the week weekend before, but, you know, maybe they saw her car come home Monday night and they're like, tomorrow morning, right? this is happening. Right. They're like, she's going to be tired. Right. So, um... I will say the inside of her unit was not, nothing was amiss. There were, um, a damp, there was like a damp towel, um, which like has led to, you know, 
she showered in the morning. But if, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. Anyways. The, Wait, there was a damn towel? So, yeah, apparently there was a damn, which I've done this. After I listened to several podcasts on this, I'm like, I'm going to see how long it takes my shower towel to not feel damp. And a co- like there literally the next day it was still like parts of it were still a little right. damp. So I can see why her family leans towards that. She took a shower at some point, but my thoughts are if someone broke in the night before and did something to her there, they could have made her shower off any evidence it's not uncommon. It has happened before, mm-hmm. which would explain the damp towel. However, I don't think that that is what happened, but it is another possible theory. There were clothes laid out. I did read on the Q&A. They don't remember like what the clothes were. I would imagine they were work clothes, but I would like to know if they could remember like what those clothes were because if, if it was someone where they making her dress provocatively because they knew they were going to take her out and Mm -hmm. and do something so i don't know it right so when i hear like the towel theory and like i totally see again i lean more towards the morning because of the car the car has you know yeah i'm just wondering i'm like i guess they could have overpowered her but then also how do you keep her cooperative I think the way I look at, we mean when, if they were in the apartment yeah. the night before? The night before or when they were um, getting her from the car. So I think if you go with the theory of the night before, someone, oh, I totally forgot this. I should have mentioned this yesterday. So um, the whether or not this was like knowledge to management or pre-approved, I have no idea. But it did come out that several of the workers for the unit were, or for the condo complex thing, were living in some of the unrented, unfinished, yeah, units. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my. So that adds to that whole theory. Of course they were. Why would they, why would they not? Right. So... I don't think she left the night before to go I don't think so. mail the phone. I don't think so either. I don't I think here's the deal. Think about this. You literally left on Thursday. You you're gone till Monday. You go to work Monday. You find out your brother's friend's a dodo head and left his freaking phone. You literally have been up. You drove three hours that morning. You're coming off an extreme vacation you really think you're gonna walk in your house from a busy day to turn right around and go mail a thing no No. my ass is gonna be like you shouldn't have left your phone i will mail it tomorrow and then it also begs the question did she leave earlier than scheduled so that she could mail have time to mail the phone yeah, that I've never actually thought of that. Yeah, she could have left earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, if you so if we go with the theory that she was taken in the morning by a coyote worker, we're, we're still working on this theory. I, this is what I believe. I think that she got off the phone with Rob and went to bed. Mm-hmm. I think she got up in the morning, did her normal routine, and I think when she was leaving either locking the door they someone overpowered her or when she got to the car they somehow overpowered her a struggle took place on the hood of the car because to me it looks like a body layout Mm -hmm. a layout of a body struggling um like the dust removal from the hood of the car right because you're slammed on with a body all that's going to be on your So that's what I think. I think she was getting into her car or on her way to her car and something happened. That's what I think. Um, If we go with the coyote theory. Thoughts? I agree. I think that that would be good too. Oh, man. I mean, I'm just coming back to how they got her to cooperate. But then I'm guessing like they don't need to get her to cooperate. They could just 
smash her head in. So it d- d- doesn't really help. Right. Well, I mean, there's but a then lot I'm also of different like, ways. Maybe they took pictures of her brother and his friends at her apartment. And she was like, if you don't come with us now, something's going to happen. I'm not following what you're saying. Say that again. I've been watching too much Criminal Minds. But maybe they took whoever took pictures of her brother and was like, if you don't come with me, we're going to take him. Maybe. But then I'm like, why would they need to do that? They could just pull out a gun or any other weapon. Right. I do think that this case could go, the fact of not knowing whether or not, because the whole thing with the car, again, I'm going to go back to the, the theory on this. If they came in the night before and wanted to have, their way and do whatever they wanted it i've said it. it's not uncommon for them to make them shower right. now i want to know if we can find out what the outfits were were they outfits that she would have worn normally to work or were they like what were they it were they dresses was were they provocative clothes? was it right because if it's it, it just i don't know i don't think it would help solve the case but it would i think help move the needle forward a little bit now it would paint a picture right for sure right because if they were things that we she would wear to work then i would lean more towards she got up in the morning and showered and typical girl couldn't figure out what she wanted to wear if it's clothes that are a little bit more skanky excuse my language um then i could see how they broke in the night before sexually assaulted her, made her take a shower, got her dressed, and then proceeded out the door. Now, when they got out the door, maybe she tries to fight back, and that's what causes the struggle on on the the car. Right. I mean, it it could literally go... There's so many anyway. scenarios that is included in this one theory. Right. It's like now you have a theory, but then you also have all of these segues that raises more questions. <laughs> right. I, it's. I do not envy the PI that has to dig through all of that. Right. So there is survey. I wouldn't either. I would not want to do that, Mm -mm. especially if taking, I I don't know, you're sifting through a lot of stuff, trying to figure out what the police did and didn't do. And Mm. so the timeline on the POI video, it says that the car was dropped off around 12 PM on the day Jennifer went missing. Now, There's a debate, obviously, if she was abducted around 8 and the car is being dropped off at 12, that there may not have been enough time for someone to assault, murder, dispose of a body, if you will. Which, I don't know. I could go either way. Four hours? That's a long time. Right. Now, Did anybody check how much gas was in the car? Or mileage was uh, on the car? That's a good question. I've not seen anything on it. But I, I mean, how would they know? know. But... So when they did find her car, they made Rob open up the trunk. <laughs> oh, that's Because so they thought that he was involved. So like, open the trunk. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I... How freaking, like... I would not have opened the trunk. Well, I think I he's think like, so I didn't do anything, I, you know. But my thing is... Is yeah, Rob knows he didn't do anything, and the family knows Rob didn't do anything. The police are making him open this trunk. Like, what if her body was in there? Yeah. And now you're subjecting family. Yeah, I'm like, oh this God. is a tragedy. I would, yeah. But that's another thing too. I guess you wouldn't be able to know how many, how much mileage is at the start of her journey. But it's like, how much gas is left in the tank? How much? How many miles has the car been driven? Right, because if the car's full tank, then we know she got gas at some point. Mm-hmm. And you can also guesstimate too, like, okay, she drives this many miles in a day. This is how many miles it would have taken the three hours there three hours back where's these missing miles right 
Well, and we don't know where the, the guy took the car for that whole time. Exactly. Now, I can understand, like, depending on if she was murdered that day and how it happened, whether or not this person may or may not have enough time. Like, if mm -hmm. you're going all Dexter, probably not enough time. But if you are maybe, I don't know, abducting someone to transport them, plenty of time. You're not going to have to clean up blood on your clothes. You're not going to have to go change your outfit. You're literally hijacking, kidnapping someone and dropping them off at another location at to point. someone at a drop point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the four hours to me would sound like a reasonable time for that because right. you kidnap this person. You think, okay, what if they have to drive? And not that I've done this before, but I would imagine it's not like, you know, you're calling your curbside pickup that you're here and ready to pick up your order. And then the person just comes <laughs> and picks her up. They may have had to wait. You know what I mean? He may have had to tie I just her up. had a thought too. Oh gosh, what? What if the guy that dropped off the car forgot what apartment complex he was supposed to drop the car off at? And that's why it was a mile away at a different apartment complex. Right. Or it was this, it was like a second person involved and yeah. they were like, we'll take care of this. You go do something with the car. I've never thought of that though, that the person may have not have gotten disoriented and thought they were at the right apartment. Yeah. I've never heard that theory. And that's that, I mean, anything's plausible really. I mean, that's a pretty valid point too. Was this... Dang, see, here's another thing. Was the other apartment complex under construction? The, oh, the Huntington? Yeah. No. So also should note that even though it's a mile apart, the Huntington on the green apparently is like a far less desirable area of town. Okay. Now, I was in the Orlando area not too long ago for work. And I like begged my coworkers to go to this apartment complex in the mall, but I got vetoed out of it. So I'm really disappointed because I really wanted to do a drive-by and they like could not wrap their heads, heads around why I wanted to do this. And it was getting late and it actually was like, I get why it was like another, from where we were, it was another 30 minutes and they were like, no, we're going home. Like it's <laughs> too late. And I'm like, come on guys. But I am going to try to be back in Orlando later this year. And my goal is to go drive by. So I'll fill you in on what it looks like now. But at the time, massive construction area, her apartment and where the mall was was the more up-and-coming, nicer area and where Huntington on the green where her car was found and the POI video was taken is not so nice. What that means, I don't I mean, I just think it was, like, less... I'm like, that's another theory, too. Maybe homie just got real confused. Right. Yeah, that is really, honestly, <laughs> I, you know, especially if they're new to the area and they did just kidnap her for a coyote right? thing. They mean, I'm like, I don't know where to go. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is an apartment. This park is here. Right. And now we do know that there was the missing keys. So they could have easily gotten in. Now, this is the other thing I would like to know. In Texas, it is a law. It is a law if you live here and do not know this. If you are renting, whether it's a house, but more so an apartment, there has to be a second keyless deadbolt entry, that, meaning yep. that there is no access from the outside. There's Correct. no key entry, but I can double bolt my unit on the inside mm -hmm. where the bottom double, like the bottom bolt has the key entry and the top bolts not. So honestly, anytime I do have to have like, well, I always double bolt my house anyways, but like if I'm working from home and I like put in a work order request and then say you have to jump in the shower, like, uh, yeah, because they can unlock the bottom and then they still can't get in because the top deadbolt's open. Does that oh, make or yeah, locked? No, I, I, at my two apartment complexes, we had deadbolts. It's, it is a law in Texas. So we if you have had... a unit that does not have that, go, go find the law online and make your landlord change that crap because it's a law. I don't know about all the other states. We had an exterior door. Okay. And then we had our front door. And my bedroom was in between the interior and exterior doors. Okay. 
and the window was in between those two. And when I went and asked my apartment complex if we could put a lock on the exterior door, they said, no, that's not your door. And I was like, but my window's right here. And they were like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know when I lived in Seattle, my apartment did not. And I, I asked, I was like, uh, isn't this a law? And they're like, not, we don't, that's not a law here. What? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't have a dub- double deadbolt. Good to know. Yeah. Like, but everywhere I've lived in Texas that you have them. If you good, are renting, you have to. You. I wonder. Hmm? I wonder if she had one. That Right. So that's what I was trying to get at is I wonder if she had the double deadbolt because if she didn't and we know a set of keys was missing, again, it's not implausible to think that they could not have like that they could have come in in the middle of the night or tried to gain entry early in the morning when mm-hmm. she was sleeping or in the right. shower or whatever. I don't know what the time sunrise and stuff is, but I would imagine she wakes up. It's probably either just getting to be light outside or it's still dark outside. So if she turns on her bedroom light, they could have been like, she's up. She's mm-hmm. in the, sh- like give her a few minutes, probably be in the shower will bust in then which would explain the wet towel the clothes she probably picked out and then you know what i mean there's there's a million different scenarios that we can go down it's so frustrating now the phone jennifer's phone and the friend's phone like were turned off or the batteries were out of both of them at some point The law enforcement's never provided that information, never said whether or not they, again, I don't know if they can tell whether or not the battery was pulled out or if it was power manually shut. I don't know. Not a techie person. Um, But just to know that's a main, obviously she's communicating. That's a form of communication, but so they would take that, but that's also what they do with human trafficking victims. They will take all, any and all means of communication away from them. Right. So I just, I don't know if I I don't stress too much about the two phones and the, the battery and what happened to the friend's phone. And I just think that it probably was in the work friend's phone was probably in her work bag, attache, whatever you want to call it. And the, the, maybe the POI didn't even know. Like maybe he didn't even know there was a second phone because it was already in her bag because that's what I would do. If I knew I had to take that with me, I'm putting that in my bag the night before so I don't forget it because I'm always rushed, I feel like, in the morning. Poor guy lost his phone. I know. (laughs) Poor family, they lost their kid. (laughs) This is not funny. I was just trying to lighten lighten the mood. I know, I know. I know it's you have to because <laughs> it's these... so frustrating. This one is just really frustrating me because there's so many openings. <laughs> right. So the Cassie family has come out and said that the Orlando Police Department only interviewed the English speaking workers at the complex. So I would also like to say I have a lot of friends that speak both languages and mm-hmm. sometimes when they don't want to talk to people they'll be like no no habla inglés and no then you're like inglés. yeah but no you know english <laughs> like what are you talking about um uh, yeah so i could see how a bunch of them would just all of a sudden be like i don't speak english and then they don't, don't have know to what talk you're talking about so. <laughs> now i'm gonna move into theory two unless you have anything else you want to say on, nope, on the- let's move on okay so like I stated in the previous episode and before I've been following this case for a long, long time. And I recently came across a new podcast on it called unconcluded. And it's kind of like an investigative podcast sort of. Um, and it has firsthand interviews with people connected to the case. And both of Jennifer's parents have been on this podcast. So kudos to them. I thought it was a great, great podcast. Go shout out to them. But, um, there through this it's come forward that several witnesses claim to have reported tips back in the early days of the investigation to police but that they never were questioned on those tips later on Hmm. and because of this the host has 
been able to like generate these forgotten leads um, and follow up on things. Now he does like the, the show host covers all the theories and possibilities that have been talked about. It's very, it's multiple episodes. So I, I, if you're into that kind of stuff, you might like it, but um, he brings up Kate, like, tips and theories that it's like, I've never heard that before. And one of these leads that he generated, um, literally only furthers my theory that Jennifer could have been human trafficked because a jewelry store worker, uh, apparently this was a jewelry store in Tennessee and the worker claims to have encountered Jennifer in the jewelry store that she worked at. In this, um, in early 2017, she states that she called the Orlando police after seeing Jennifer's missing person information while she was on vacation in Florida and stating that, uh, Jennifer was in her store the year before and the clerk claims that, um, I'm sorry, she was in her store years before. The clerk claims that Jennifer came in sometime in the winter of 2006 or 2000, spring of 2007, like early part of 2007. So the jewelry store clerk said that the woman was unkept, her hair hadn't been washed, and she was wearing um, raggedy old clothes and she came into this jewelry store with a very well dressed african-american man and that he had dreads and she states that this man was like overly flashy and the girl was like just kind of the exact opposite wow yeah now she didn't report this obviously until 2017 but she's saying that she heard that this happened and that she saw Jennifer in shortly after Jennifer left or was missing, excuse me. Um, and in the unconcluded podcast, like she says, like I was a jewelry store worker. We were trained to it when you, when you have a feeling about something or you're unsure about a customer, like to start remembering like details And she said that she just felt like this girl was, didn't really, was mute. Like she didn't really say much, um, that she did end up picking up, like she didn't like anything the girl was showing her and that she did end up picking up a necklace that her, Jennifer's mom later states was a necklace Jennifer actually had. It's like one of those like past, present, future kind of bullcrap necklaces. Um, (laughs) Which this to me, I'm like the the necklace thing. Like, I don't know. This isn't, this is probably like my third. If I had to pick the order of theories, this would probably be number three on my list of plausible because it is a long time later. I do recall, I can recall weird shit that like from uncomfortable moments that I've experienced and random things. So I'm not discrediting this lady. The, the, and if it is Jennifer, the necklace would play an understanding role in that, why she picked that one out. Um, the lady even said that the guy, when Jennifer, or the what she believes to be Jennifer, was like, yeah, I like this one. The guy said, good, you know what you need to do, or something along those lines, and then they left. So that, that's just weird in itself. Um, that's, yeah. And that just screams I mean, all kinds of like... I would have called like, the cops immediately, but... Right. And <sighs> that's sorry. my question. Why did she hesitate? If you if you remembered all of this information because it was such an unusual experience, I would have... I mean, but I also understand, like, what are you going to call him? Like, I just have a bad feeling. Like, well, you can't... I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I could see how that would go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> This gave me the creeps. Right. Okay, so, lady, have some alcohol. You'll be fine. <laughs> so, I don't know if this lady is a hoax and just trying to insert herself into the investigation or if this is credible, but it is interesting and it does continue to lead down the fact that she could have been human trafficked. And her family kind of, I said this earlier, they're all kind of on different like they all think something happened to her, mm-hmm. but I've heard, you know, her dad say like, they don't 
just take pretty girls to look at them. Like he's very much aware of what is going on with the world. They are very much aware and involved in the human trafficking realm in general since Jennifer went missing. So I think it's probably on their radar that she could have been trafficked. But Mm -hmm. this particular story, I don't know. I mean, it could be plausible. It's one of those like theories that it happened. It, great. This information came a little too late because you can't pull surveillance fa- footage from the jewelry store, which would have been good footage. I imagine mm-hmm. if they even had a camera and whether it was working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one is a little harder for me to wrap my head around. I right. guess. Right. I think, too, just to say, like, if you are in a situation where you think someone is being and that's like you're in a situation like this jewelry clerk lady, dude, just call the cops. I would rather call the cops and it be nothing than call the cops. And it it was something. Wait, what do you say to do? You go up to them. (laughs) What's your name? Who are you? How can I help you? Are you you okay? (laughs) Do you need help? Do you need to be rescued? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've never I'm. I've fortunately have not been in a situation where I'm like, this is not right. Because I do know what I would do. I wouldn't call it cops. I'd intervene. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm you a, definitely would I'm intervene. A, I'm going to intervene and then I'm going to end up in jail for assaulting someone because they spanked their child. Like, Anyways. Um, okay. So I think that theory kind of is, uh, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was interesting that there's this now potential sighting that just came out. Now, theory three, which is the number one theory in my opinion, because I am me and my life revolves around human trafficking. (laughs) But this one's kind of crazy and it might be out there for some of you. I don't know. But for me, it's not. Okay. I'm holding on to my pants. Two words. Jeffrey... Epstein. No. <laughs> what? Okay, I really? know. I know. I know. I know. It's wild and it's crazy. However, I have reasons behind this. Number one, she went missing in 2006. Most people don't realize Jeffrey Epstein was first arrested the first time in Palm, Palm Springs, I think is what it was, around that same time. Okay. So he's in the area. I'm not exactly sure on the top of my head how far that is from hers. So let's just do a quick little Google search on how far that is. But I think it's a couple hours. But I think that it is not unlikely to think that... Where is he from? Hmm. Was it Palms? West Palm Beach. Really? Okay. I got to hear this. Okay. So from West Palm Beach, which is where homie's sicko house was. Oh, this just furthers my theory. Okay. So <laughs> if you're looking at the map of Florida, Miami is like down toward the bottom which we know is where they flew into. Rob mm-hmm. lives in Fort Lauderdale, which is north of Miami. By guessing this, I would say maybe 30 minutes. Now from Fort Lauderdale to West Palm Beach is probably, I don't know, 45 minutes maybe. But from West Palm Beach to Orlando is only two and a half hours. Three if you take different routes. But the lowest time is two hours and 25 minutes. So it's not far, but... Might be reaching there a little bit, but (laughs) you have him there and the few years before or right around the same time, he's getting arrested. Right. So my theory is. Okay. (laughs) I have a couple different things on this. Well, actually, really just one, but I don't want to put all my notes because I really don't want to end up on the Clinton body count. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's just. (laughs) So 
we will one day do an episode on Jeffrey Epstein and get into all the the freaking sick things and people connected to him. I thought he went for for younger girls. Or am I just crazy? Well, like high schoolers. His a lot of his recruitments were younger, yes, but you also have to factor in he is providing for a larger clientele whose audience preference she is also financial manager so they would have things to talk about so i do i get it okay and so is jeffrey epstein yeah okay so let me just get into this okay (laughs) so jeffrey epstein that we all know is connected to a lot of power for people like Mm -hmm. a lot i don't have to name them all you know they're out there and I'm not suicidal. I don't want to be on the Clinton body count, but we do know that he was connected to the Clintons, Bill Gates, Prince Andrew, who is Queen Elizabeth's third child or yeah, third child. Um, But he was arrested in May of 2006 on multiple counts of unlawful sex acts with a minor in Florida. And he had been under investigation since 2005. So, Yes. Was Jennifer maybe a little older than what he was wanting to get his disgusting massages <laughs> from? Probably. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to go into all the details on Jeffrey Epstein because this case isn't about him. But. And we could literally be here for days, but through investigating Jennifer's case and coming up with my theory that she could potentially have been human trafficking been human trafficked Epstein was like in his prime in January of 2006 he's like going through like you know what I mean like he's in the prime of his his crime if you will his corruption he hadn't been arrested yet she's missed she goes missing in January of 2006 he gets arrested in May now we know he supplies underage girls and Galen Maxwell was like part of that recruitment effort um I guess there had to have been other older girls, right? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. But we know that Epstein was supplying these victims to other powerful people. mm -hmm. So what he, his preference may be, may not be what one of his clients wants. You know what I mean? Right. So... I don't know. I don't think it's out of the scope to think that (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein is involved. But like I said, my two reasons for connecting Epstein was one, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, where he lived, was only three hours at most away from her home. It's not implausible to think that there could have been a connection from a construction worker Jeffrey Epstein is a coyote. He's mm. a financial man. That's what his like ruse was. He could have had ties maybe to her financial firm her that company. she worked at. Yeah. yeah. And he met her that way. Um, and the financial firm has been in a lot of like, they've had a lot of courtroom issues like they've had sexual harassment allegations and lawsuits of defamation and other things so that just muddies their waters so you have the financial tie he's not that far away it's a possibility this is my more main theory on jeffrey epstein and percent okay well let me tell you this theory okay And if you didn't like the one before, I really don't know if you're going (laughs) to like this one, but it's a little bit more. We're dialoguing. We're dialoguing. My other reason that Jeffrey Epstein could be involved is because Mm -hmm. we know that Jennifer and Rob were vacationing in St. Croix, which for a long weekend. Now, St. Croix is in the U.S. Virgin Islands, which if you look at a map, it's a damn near straight shot north to get to the British Virgin Islands. And guess who happens to own a 75-acre island in the British Virgin Islands? 
Jeffrey Epstein's pedo island. Now, I looked on a map. Because, you know, like, okay, well, they're in St. Croix. He has an island in the Virgin Island, like on the British Virgin Islands, which is named Little St. James. Um, that island to St. Croix, it's only 64 kilometers, which for American folks, that's 39 miles. We know the dude owned, we know Glenn Maxwell had to like own submarines and knew how to freaking man, like work a submarine. But I would imagine he probably had a nice boat. Yeah. So my theory is. Is there a possible possibility that while they were in St. Croix, someone either A, with connections to Epstein, spotted Jennifer, or Epstein spotted her himself? Oh. Or. This was also in 2006. It could just be somebody else that followed them back from St. Croix. It could be. It yeah. could be. But. Wow. We wow. also need to know that Jeffrey Epstein, like, in 2006 was not, nobody knew who he was. Well, I did because I, I remember when he got arrested the first time and watching that. But his face today versus 2006, nobody knew who he was. So mm-hmm. he could have been there. No one would have known. You know what I mean? He could have just right. been another dude. Could have just been a random thing. Another middle-aged white man showing off I all mean, his money. I guess I can kind of see it. Well, my thing is, is he had the means, he has the motive to pull something like that off. He has the means to travel and the motives to travel. If he, he, we know he had a private plane and access to a private plane. Maybe he didn't take a boat. Maybe he just got on a little puddle jumper and flew from one. That's not uncommon. People Mm -hmm. island hop down there. And when you've got buku bucks and you're on a jet, it's nothing for you to just say, fire it up, let's go to St. Croix for the day and then fly back home. So to me, it's not impossible to think that either somebody saw her and targeted her while they were in St. Croix or Epstein himself could have targeted her. And then because of his means, motives and whatever was able to like concoct this massive conspiracy theory to kidnap her i understand this is maybe out of the water (laughs) but i'm sorry i mean you can't rule this out to me it's too it's not from one of the from from all the other things that we've talked about it's not implausible right but wow that one kind of throws me for a loop right now I, mean, I might need to rewatch that Netflix documentary. I'm, I don't know that I watched that one. I've seen and heard so many that I can't even remember which ones I've seen and heard anymore. But I'm sure I've watched it. But yeah, I mean, it's not all the information out there. I've listened to a lot of different podcasts on him, and I just does don't, anybody else have this theory? Or is it just I've me? never heard anyone say this. And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack on this, but I'm sorry, guys. Like he was catering to the rich and famous. Money was not an issue. The dude owned an island. So it's not hard for me to think he could have been island hopping and saw her or. Matters that's really what I think. I think if if, if he or is the involved. the reason why they went to St. Croix is because they were invited there. No, I don't think that. I don't think that. And I don't think, I think it's, it's, you can note that Epstein was finance. She was in finance. There could have been a connection. However, I think that would have come out if, when the whole Epstein thing was going on, if the parents had her files at that time, which they did, Epstein's new face was all over the news in 2020, right? Yeah, he died in 2020 or 2019, whatever, whenever Mm -hmm. it was. They've had her case since 2018, I think. So when the whole Epstein thing, right. And I think if if he had connections to the financial firm that I I strongly feel like that would have gotten. Or maybe they ruled her out like most people probably would because she was too old. Maybe, but I just, I know these theories about Epstein are like out there and they sound wild, but I 
cannot express enough that the more you dive into this shit, it is stories that you're like, there is no way that this is possible. And then you research and it, 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 it happened. It's mm-hmm. facts. They're factual. And I'm not saying this is particularly factual. I'm actually thinking of a whole nother case that we have scheduled to talk about, but there are cases and stories that I've heard that I'm like, this sounds so unrealistic. It has to be made up. But it's not. And it's not. And so that's why to me, this sounds so unrealistic, but everything in human trafficking to me is unrealistic. unrealistic. It's unpredictable. It's unrealistic. And inconceivable. (laughs) There's just, to me, there's a couple dots that are, you know, dotted lines, if you will. They are not full on like lines between Jennifer and, and Jeffrey. There are some dotted coincidences. Mm -hmm. They didn't live far from each other in Florida. She's only, you know, visiting an Island. That's only, 39 miles from Dick Fucks Island. Sorry, family. Dick Fucks Island. I mean, it's, I it's, know. It's a possibility. I'm, I'm going to give you that. It's a possibility. I, for one, think that the coyote route is probably numero uno theory for me, personally. Yeah, that's a strong one. And I lean... I, though, my number ones lean between either the Epstein theory or the the coyote construction work theory, whatever, however you want to digest that, but someone involved in that space. Um, so do you think that Jennifer is still alive? I don't know. I That's also another possibility we didn't talk about. Right. Um, do I think she like walked away on her own? No, I don't. I don't think she did. I don't think she walked away on her own. Um, I think something. Mm. Have you ever woke up one morning and you're just like, what if I just left? Yeah. And then I'm like, I just got up and left. How am I going to pay for things? if I don't have a job. (laughs) You're going to live in a van down by the river. (laughs) That sounds amazing. That's one theory too. It's like, maybe she just. I mean, you have to leave it on the table. Everything's a theory until it's, you know, proven otherwise. But hearing from her, I've said this before in other cases, I tend to lean toward whatever the family feels or thinks. And some of her, you know, her family definitely does not feel or think that she willingly threw up the deuces and like pieced out of life with everybody and started off fresh somewhere. I, I don't think that that this doesn't strike me as something she would do. Um, totally just lost my train of thought. I don't know. Got to keep the theories open though. That's all. That's <laughs> all I know. We got, we got, there's too many. There's at least three. That you can tie to the human trafficking realm. Right. There's one where she was murdered. And then there's another one where she just, quote unquote, ran away. Right. We know that that one probably isn't true. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. So her family definitely doesn't think that she walked away on her own free volition or whatever. Um but as far as like what happened to her, I think some of them lean toward construction workers and then some of them lean toward some type of abduction for whether it was trafficking or, you know, whatever evil plans people have for each other. But again, I just want to reiterate that like, I understand my theory about her and Jeffrey Epstein might be a little crazy, but when you hear about cases, you think it's bonkers? A little bit. Okay, well, I mean, to each his own, we will agree to disagree. I think Um, I need to do more research, and then I'll dive dive down the rabbit hole with you. I will. I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, my thing is, is we still don't even know how many victims that he had. We still don't even know how many people he supplied to people. We don't even know, even though it's out there somewhere, who those people he supplied victims were, who they were. I mean, we have our speculations, but no one's seen the black, little black book. I don't think I want to see that little black book. But 
there, there are cases out there that things have been said and people are like, it's a conspiracy. It's not real. It's not real. That with time end up actually freaking being coming truth. Like they actually happen. That's very true. So anyways, I don't think I'm going to convince you, but no, I'm going to try. I will try. I think that listeners at home that are listening to this, they should try as well. (sighs) Keep an open mind. It's, it's a possibility. And if it comes out, I'm going to be like, I called it. So anyway, say I told you so to me, I don't care. (laughs) I'll be like, you know what? You get that one. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any other thoughts or things on this story about Jennifer? I mean, we can all assume that I think we all, you and I agree that she was taken in the morning and most likely taken by someone connected to the apartment. Yes. A painter wearing Wranglers. I don't see the Wranglers. <laughs> we will disagree on that. But I just really, I mean, I, I'm not going to get these answers, but I want to know what the headway is. What's the I family know. doing? What's going on? Her parents what, are... What's the new investigation? Right. Her parents are pretty active in a way on... Um, now, there's a website that they have, but I wouldn't suggest going to that. I would suggest going to her GoFundMe page that her parents set up and donate if you can, because they're, they're taking this all on themselves. Like they are paying the legal fees still to have sued and got all of these records. And now on top of that, they have to pay a private investigator to actually Mm -hmm. do the work to find her. Um, and so they do have a GoFundMe page set up. So I do check, do check that out. But if you scroll on the GoFundMe page, there's a lengthy post by her father that is a Q&A of a bunch of questions that people have. And they answer these questions like, you know, did she have a spare set of keys? Um, which the answer was that the parents did not recall if she had a spare set of keys. The one Q&A, there's a couple that I thought were really interesting. Um, they've talked to psychics and mediums, which I think a lot of people do. Um, but the one that really stuck out to me was what were her last bank transactions before disappearing oh i didn't even think of that one and the answer is bank and this was posted like not too terribly long ago i don't know the exact date but this was taken after this was posted after the parents took over so the question was what were her last bank transactions before disappearing and the answer is bank transactions will not be shared at this time so if you're not going to share something, you must have something. There has to be something. Right. So that one was very oh, interesting. Oh, because they can't find her wallet. They never found her wallet, her phones, the phones, oh. the work stuff, none of that. The other question I thought was really interesting was, uh, the question is, was any actual DNA found that was and can be tested again in the future? No from the car this time. I am not in a position to answer that with a factual. I'm not in a position to answer that in a factual way at this time, other than DNA does exist. So the question is, has it been, I think what he's saying is, you know, the guy's asking, was there DNA? DNA, Yes, they have DNA, but he can't answer whether or not it's been tested or can be tested again. Right. That, I think, is also interesting. Oh, they have DNA. They probably have something. Oh, my. I hope I, I hope that there is a break. Well, I mean, reminder, too, case. her apartment was, like, never processed. It right. became, like, Grand, Grand Central Station up in there. And by the time it got to the point where they found their car, it it had been already, too many people had already been in there. They couldn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. So it never got processed, which really kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This one was kind of wild. So the other question I will say, and then we'll wrap this up, was after seeing the case files from the police, have your thoughts or theories about what happened to Jennifer changed? And the answer from her father is no. It remains a complete mystery to all of us. I stick with the trafficking angle. Other families have different thoughts, all of which have been expressed since the beginning. 
We are, though, taking baby steps, piecing together facts, not fiction, in hopes that it will lead us to Jennifer's direction someday. Wow. That's a very good quote. Yeah. So some people in our family think it's trafficking. And if Mr. Drew Kessie ever listens to this... I'm happy to talk at length about my theories on Jeffrey Epstein. And maybe you should find out if there's a connection between her work and his financial, Epstein's financial dealings. Just saying. I don't know what kind of financial firm she worked at, but I, if you don't have a lead or you don't, you know what I mean? Like these aren't necessarily like hot leads, but they're plausible theories and at this time, I would think all plausible theories are working theories until proven otherwise. So I also think Jennifer was human trafficked or trafficked in some way, whether it was Jeffrey or was it the construction worker? I don't know. I'm with you. I hope we find answers to this case along with all the other cases and Mm -hmm. all the ones in the future. Any last thoughts, words, comments? I don't think so. I've exhausted ready to go home. (laughs) I've exhausted my mental capacity for this one. I'm like, I just want to know. I know it's like a horrible (laughs) ending to movies where you're like, but what now? Uh, I know. And now it's time for our weekly spotlights. First, we have Erin Pospisil. She has been missing from Cedar Rapids, Iowa since June 3rd, 2001. Erin was 15 at the time of her disappearance. She has a small scar above her left eye. She is described as a white female, 5 feet, 3 inches tall, and has brown eyes and natural brown hair. She was 125 at the time of her disappearance. Anyone with information is asked to call NCMEC at 1-800-THE-LOST. Second, we have Deja Gleason, missing since July 13, 2006, from Thornton, Colorado. Deja was 13 at the time of her disappearance. She is described as a white female, brown eyes, brown hair, and was 140 pounds at the time of her disappearance. Anyone with information is asked to call the Thornton Police Department at 1-720-977-5150 or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Kids at 1-800-843-5678. And last, we have Shamar Anthony Holmes. He has been missing since June 17th, 2022, from Waldorf, Maryland. Shamar was 22 at the time of his disappearance and is described as an African-American male, 6 feet, 6 inches tall, black hair, brown eyes, and was 170 pounds at the time of his disappearance. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Charles County Sheriff's Office at 301 932 2222 or the BAMFI at 87797 BAMFI. Well, I just want to thank you all again for listening and supporting Last Word in Human Trafficking True Crime. I promise to be bold in my actions against it and out there with my awareness through fashion. I hope you as well will be loud in your convictions, bold in your actions, and out there making a change. Stay vigilant, be aware, and remember what the world needs now is love, not hate.